You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. Okay, good morning everyone. My um, message today is a continuation of our series in Joshua and the message this morning is called Overcoming Mountains. Hopefully there'll be something in it for everyone. So, A man called Harry Bernstein started writing his first novel when he was 93 years old and he gained literary fame at age 96 when it was published. A lady called Gladys Burrell began her marathon running career at the age of 86 and gained fame when she set the world record for the oldest woman to finish a marathon at the age of 92 when she completed the Honolulu Marathon in 9 hours and 53 minutes. You may have used a Roger's thesaurus. I know I have. I've got one on my shelf at home. But did you know the man who wrote it, Peter Mark Roger, was 73 years old when it was first published in 1852, almost 50 years after he started writing it? And there are new editions still being published to this day. So far, over 40 million copies have been printed. Each of those people that I've just described had to overcome mountains in order to achieve these things relatively late in life. But this didn't stop them from fulfilling their destiny. So today we're exploring Caleb's destiny something he waited 45 years for, and which he finally reached at the age of 85. He overcame many mountains before getting to that place, but he showed enormous perseverance and courage along the way. So this is not just a message relevant to those who are more advanced in years amongst us. There are lessons for all of us, regardless of our age this morning. But before I get into Joshua, I need to give you some context. So we're going to go back to the book of Numbers. And the book of Numbers is an account of the 40 years that the Israelites wandered around in the desert. In chapter 13, we can read about Caleb and Joshua and 10 other men who were sent out to spy in the land of Canaan for 40 days. And on returning... The ten other spies gave a bad report. This is what they said. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. But the people who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified and very large. Caleb said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. He showed immense courage. But the ten spies said, "Uh -uh, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. So everyone started grumbling. This is what they said, all the Israelites. If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? The conversation carries on. Joshua and Caleb, the two spies who brought a good report, said this. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. 
Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Then God starts to wade into the conversation and he's getting pretty cross at this point. He said, how long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them. Then Moses appears on the scene and he is pleading with God. He does not want God to strike everybody down. He says, if you put all these people to death, leaving none alive, the nations who have heard this report about you will say, the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land he promised them on oath. So he slaughtered them in the wilderness. In accordance with your great love, forgive the sin of these people. Well, that seemed to placate God somewhat, who comes back with, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Quite a bit of drama going on there, but the upshot is that none of the people at this point who were 20 years or older, except for Caleb and Joshua, got to enter the promised land. They all perished during the wandering around in the desert. But Caleb was different. So now we're up to date. The land, some of it started to be conquered and it's being divided up amongst the 12 tribes of Israel. So I'm going to read to you from Joshua chapter 14, verses 6 to 13. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there. Their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So we see that Caleb was coming to ask for his share, the share that he was promised 45 years earlier. He was one of only two people, himself and Joshua, who got to enter the promised land. And he did that because he had a different spirit and followed God 
wholeheartedly. So what can we learn from Caleb's life about how he overcame those mountains to get to his destiny? Well, I think there are three lessons that we can learn today. Lesson number one, Caleb's confidence never ceased. In verse 10, we read this. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. Caleb is now an old man, but he is still declaring that he can capture the land that God promised him. But listen carefully to see where Caleb's confidence lies. Verse 12, he says, You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out, just as he said. Other versions use these words, If the Lord is with me, with the Lord helping me, if God goes with me. Caleb continues to place his confidence in God just as he did 45 years earlier when he declared, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. He was confident then, and he's confident now. But why is that? Well, Caleb has been on this particular journey for 45 years, and for 40 years of that 45, he has probably lived with a lot of frustration at the rest of the Israelites and their lack of faith. Because of them, he had to wander around for 40 years when what he wanted to do was to push ahead into the promised land. But he has already seen many mountains being overcome. He was there during the parting of the Red Sea. He walked through that sea on dry land. He saw Moses strike a rock and miraculously water appeared from that rock. He saw God's provision in the wilderness with the manna and the quail day after day. And more recently, he has seen the Israelites defeating kings and armies. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. He's seen it all. And he's seen that the Israelites have taken much of the land that God promised to them. So looking back, he can remember all that God has already done And this gives him confidence. He trusts God's word and he trusts God's promises to the Israelites. And Caleb demonstrates his unshakable faith in both of those things. The challenges are not over yet, though, because the portion of land Caleb wanted was going to be difficult to conquer. He's after the hill country, which is easy to defend, but not easy to attack. It's inhabited by the Anakites, who were the ones that the people feared the 45 years ago, the giants in the land, the people of great size. He's after that bit. This would be challenging for anybody, but let alone an 85-year-old man. When Caleb looked at the figurative mountain of these challenges, what he saw was God's faithfulness to overcome them. This reminds me of David when he was faced with Goliath, who was also a giant. According to the Bible, he was around 7 foot 10, 2.4 metres for those of us who work in metric. But armed only with a handful of smooth pebbles, David declared, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me 
from the hand of this Philistine. David remembered what God had done in the past and this gave him confidence for the future. And in the same way that David declared his confidence in God to help him, Caleb is doing the same thing. Caleb's faith in God was not shaken by circumstances, looking at the hills, looking at the giants. He didn't look at things in the natural. He didn't see obstacles, he saw opportunities. And he declared his confidence in God to give him the victory. And he spoke the words out loud, just as God had done. And I believe this is what we need to do when we're faced with mountains, when we're faced with obstacles, when we're faced with challenges that seem impossible to overcome. We need to remember God's goodness and faithfulness to us in the past and we need to declare our confidence in his ability to bring us through now. Lesson number two. Caleb's strength never failed. There are not many 85-year-olds who can declare, I am, as str- I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out, which was 45 years ago. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now, Caleb was most likely referring to physical strength, which he would need to defeat the enemies that he would face in battle. But Caleb had been through the difficult days of the desert, and as a result, he would have had an unparalleled spiritual strength too. During difficult times, as we trust in God, we become strengthened Difficult times are hard, that's why they're called difficult times, but they grow our faith as we learn to rely on God's strength to overcome our challenges. We know that the more you use a muscle in your body, the bigger and stronger it grows. People go to the gym to do just that, they work out. And when we have to exercise our faith muscles, they do the same. They grow bigger and as a result, we grow stronger. We begin to lose the fear that comes from challenges because we know that God has previously brought us through. We know that he will give us the strength we need. The Apostle Paul summed this up quite well in the New Testament. In Philippians 4 verses 12 and 13 he writes this, I know how to live when I am poor and when I have plenty. I have learned the secret of how to live through any kind of situation, when I have enough to eat or when I'm hungry, when I have everything I need or when I have nothing. We could add in there, when I have challenges to overcome, when I face obstacles the size of mountains, when I feel doubt and fear. And then Paul goes on to say, Christ is the one who gives me the strength I need to do whatever I must do. Caleb knew he didn't have to rely on his own strength because he could rely on God's strength, which never diminishes or disappears. At age 40, God promised Caleb that he would enter the promised land. But then Caleb had to wait 45 years. So God kept up his spiritual strength during the wait and kept him physically strong 
in order to be able to drive out the enemies living there. When God has a job for us to do, an assignment for us to fulfil, he will give us the emotional, physical, spiritual, mental strength we need to carry out the task. God kept Caleb strong for 45 years. Caleb recognised and acknowledged this fact and he was prepared to use that strength for God's work despite his advancing years. Lesson three. Caleb's God never forgot. In verse 13, we read that Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. Imagine how Caleb felt. 45 years after receiving the promise from God, he is finally vindicated and he's finally receiving the blessing and inheritance he had waited so long for. How many of us would have given up long before then? My hand is up. Waiting to see God move can be excruciating at times. And I know there have been times in my life when I felt that God has forgotten about me because I can see no evidence of him moving in a situation. I have felt that God has turned his back on me at times, that he no longer cares. And I have cried out in anger, anguish, frustration, and pleading for him to simply do something. And if you've ever felt that way, you're in good company, not me. But Jesus cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even Jesus felt abandoned by God at the time of his greatest suffering. While we wait, wouldn't it be so much easier if God made it really obvious to us what he was doing in the background? How many times I've prayed that in my life. Show me what you're doing, God. But then if he did that for every situation, we wouldn't need faith. Caleb spent 40 years wandering around with the Israelites. There was never even a hint of the promised land and no evidence that God would bring about what he had promised. There must have been times when Caleb wondered if God had forgotten the promise he'd made all those years before. Maybe he wondered if he would also die in the desert. He could see everyone else around him dying, all those people who were never going to make it to the promised land. And he was with all those who had grumbled at the spies' report. Maybe he thought, I'm just going to be like them. And yet God had not forgotten his promise to Caleb, despite all the signs to the contrary. The fact that 45 years later, Caleb was still speaking in such positive terms about God's promise shows us that somehow he was able to keep his faith even in the waiting. I imagine there were times of doubt for Caleb. I imagine there were times when he felt he'd been abandoned to die in the desert. He's only human after all. But as he spiritually matured, I believe he would have understood that once God gives a promise, he will never forget it. And God came good on his word. 
Caleb received his inheritance. And actually, because of his willingness to tackle the tough territory at age 85, he ended up with more than enough for himself and his descendants. So in conclusion, the lessons that we can learn from Caleb about overcoming mountains. We can be confident in God's promises by looking back at what God has already done in our lives, the battles he has already brought us through and the miracles he has already performed. And we can be trusting in him and know that he will not let us down. We don't need to rely on our own strength because God will provide all that we need when we need it for whatever assignment he has planned for us. And even when we might feel that God has forgotten us in our wilderness, he hasn't. God never forgets and he will always fulfil his promise, no matter how long it takes. On the evening that I finished preparing this message, I looked at my Joel Osteen app for the little word of today, which I often do just before bed. And it said this, and I thought, perfect, we're ending with this today. The start is exciting and the end will be rewarding, but the truth is the middle can be messy. In some way, we're all in the middle. We're all on a journey. You know God gave you a promise, but every circumstance says just the opposite. Over time, it's easy to give up and think there are too many obstacles. It's never going to happen. When you study the heroes of faith, one common denominator you'll find is that they had faith in the middle. When the promise seemed impossible, they kept moving forward, knowing it was a part of the process. They refused to surrender to the trials or dark places. Yes, they had their moments. At times, worry would come, fear would come, doubt would come, but they didn't allow it to stay. They stirred their faith back up and believed that the promise would happen. Now do your part as they did. Have faith in the middle. Amen.